0: This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on the Poisoning of Peggy Carr. Hello. Hello. We are here. Yay. Recording day. Our favorite day. Recording day. Um, if Sarah... Tell me, yes. If you want to write in to your favorite podcast, Sisters Take Aside, to tell them that you too love recording day, how do you do that?
1: That is actually a great question, Emily. Thank you so much for asking. Um, well, <laughs> I would recommend that you hit us up on Instagram, slide yes. into those DMs at Sisters Take Aside underscore podcast, where you can see all of our hilarious social media content that is done yeah. by Yours truly, sometimes, So yes. most of the time, Emily, because she's a
0: pro. No, that's not true. Sarah has taken over <laughs> our social media, and she's killing it, guys. She's killing it. Um, or if you prefer the written
1: word, um, <laughs> you can <laughs> send us an email at our email address that we promise. We sometimes occasionally remember to check at side at gmail.com. Love it. Yeah. Right. What well, are we talking about today, Em? You didn't want to tell us last week. Um, okay. didn't want to let the people down, but we did throw out some recommendations and judging by the title of your notes. Girl,
0: I, okay. Here's the thing. I, I say this every week and I'm going to hold myself to it this week. I am done promising people what I'm covering. Okay. Because here's the thing. I, you, you know, I have been on a quest to do the Bill and Monica journey for months And I am like, I'm not even kidding about three fourths of the way through my notes for that, but it's just so boring, Sarah. Cause like, I feel like I have to get into whitewater and the star report. And like, like, I don't know how to tell the story in a, like, not Emily way where I'm like, and now let's read 47 books about whitewater. Right. And like, I want people to like this podcast, you know? Um, okay. That was, yeah. Yeah. The lady doth
1: protesteth too much, but it's fine. Oh, okay. um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so no, I
1: I totally believe you. I think you're fine. I don't even think you promised last week. I think you just said
0: it was an idea. I mean, I kind of promised, but 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 I am here with a great case, y'all.
1: I was gonna say I was promised like a fire episode
0: today, so I Girl, want you to know I am ready. And a fire episode, you are gonna get. So, Sarah, you are not allowed to read ahead in the notes because it will spoil it. Okay, so okay. keep keep your eyes eyes up. Okay, eyes up. Are you ready? You ready to I'm dive I'm Very into this? ready.
1: Get me. Like I know nothing about this. So you know nothing
0: about our girl Peggy.
1: Nothing. So, um, give it. You're to gonna me. love Let's this. Hear it. Okay. okay. So, am I gonna love it or am I
0: gonna be like, mm, well- you know? I was thinking about saying, like, oh, this one is much lighter than, like, the stuff we've been covering lately, like DC Mansion Murders and Casey Anthony. But is it really light when we're talking about, like, someone dying? Not really. No. Yeah. So I don't want to say that it's lighter. But... Anyways. Uh, so I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> well, all right, guys. Buckle in. <laughs> all right, you guys. Let me set me, let me the scene here. Okay. Okay. It is... 1987. And the protagonist of our story, Peggy Carr, she is working as a waitress to support her two children. She is recently divorced from her first husband. Um, and she's just like a girl out there making her own way. Okay. Love it. While at this waitressing job, she meets Pi Carr. So, Hmm. Pi is, like, by all accounts, a pretty dashing guy. He himself is also recently divorced, and he has two children, too. So, we are just, like, Brady Bunch up in here Mm -hmm. with two kids from Peggy, two kids from Pi, and, like, bada-bing, bada-boom, within months, these two are married. Look at you. Did you the Italian hands when you said that? You like that? Um, I like that. So, Pi and Peggy are, like, following the Tom and Emily timeline here, and I love it. Like, they meet within months, they live together, and they're married. Love this crazy for them. Okay. Okay. But unfortunately, <laughs> within months, things get bad between Pi and Peggy. So, according to their children, like, they just always had a really – like tumultuous relationship they fought a lot like it was just very passionate right like they fought and then they made up but they fought and they made up like it was one of those right so at one point during this time period peggy finds pie with his ex-girlfriend <laughs> like nice. literally finds them in bed together so these two they separate they get back together they separate they get back together and by the fall of 1988 so mind you this is Less than a year after these two meet. (laughs) They are living together, but barely speaking. Okay. So. Okay. Don't love Peg's girl. Don't love this. Also,
1: can we make like a, can we make a podcast rule that like, instead of calling things like that passionate, can we call them like. Dysfunctional. Something that isn't (laughs) passionate. (laughs) Because Um, to me. Yes. I just like chaotic. Toxic. Oh, chaotic. <laughs> yes. Bad. I don't know. I don't like the passionate description, but I know what you're okay. saying. I, like yeah. I get like emotions can be, you know, passionate and not in like a good way. Like good way. Um, I just, I hate describing things like that. I, it just, it like irks me.
0: Okay. I hear you. I see you. I'm holding okay. space for you. Let's use the word you. chaotic. I like that. Appreciate it. So, okay. So, oh yeah. Yes. My friend. Also, Pi? Pi. Well, his name is something else very long, but everyone calls him Pi. Got it. <laughs> so, got it. Okay. Pi and Peggy, like we weren't going to – Peggy and Pi. Peggy you know, and like, Pi. Come
1: on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pi. Maybe you're – I don't know. I'm sorry. I just, well, I just <laughs> stay
0: tuned about our guy Pi. Okay? Like we're so, not going to say anything about that? Okay. Well, we, we got a lot to say about Pi. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, right. So – in June of 1988 – so, again, this is just a couple months after they got married – Pi receives, like, a really weird letter, like, addressed to the family. He receives it at their house. And, guys, you know what this is bringing me back to. This is true Watcher shit. If y'all oh. have not listened to the Watcher episode, I, it's, like, my favorite, guys. I Go have back and say. listen. It's Go so back good. and listen. So, here I, I get to pull up my Watcher voice again. So, this letter that Pi gets in the mail reads – Quote, you and your so-called family have two weeks to move out of Florida forever or else you will all die. This is no joke. End quote. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Wow. So, scary. I'm back to, and I, I stand firm on this from The Watcher to now. Guys, if someone is sending you scary-ass letters to your house, burn it down and move. Goodbye. Get out of there. Yes. Get out of there. Change your name. Change your phone or Something. Don't do nothing. How about like don't do nothing? <laughs> well, okay, but that's exactly <laughs> what our friends Pi and Peggy do. They do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Peggy and Pi, I. We really need to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> so uh, they do not report this to the police, and they're like, mm, okay, and they move on. So again, guys, don't do this, right? So real bad. So now let's. Now we're still in nineteen eighty-eight, right? So again, I cannot emphasize enough. These two have known each other less than a year. Okay. <laughs> So October 23rd, 1988, our guy Pi leaves for a hunting trip. See you later. Peace. Okay. On the same day, Peggy starts to feel sick. Like very, very sick. She's nauseous. She's having difficulty breathing. But worse, she's having this really extreme pain in her arms and legs. Like to the point where Peggy tells her daughter that she thinks she's having a heart attack. And then, but instead of going to the hospital, she decides to lay down and try and sleep it off. So, I I, I mean, again, guys, I know I'm full of wisdom this episode, but also go to the hospital if you a but What if she didn't have health insurance? Oh, is that a sensitive subject, Sarah? <laughs> don't get me started.
1: Do not. But Sarah, not, and I do spent, not.
0: I'm not going to repeat exactly what we're talking about, but Sarah and I spent 10 minutes before we hit record about <laughs> the pitfalls of the healthcare industry god you're right sarah maybe she had a very high deductible we don't know <laughs> we don't know listen if that's the case i don't blame her i get i mean i know okay now here we go side story um you, <laughs> i think i told you this Sarah, but you know, tom i had to go to the hospital earlier this year and i'm if you guys are hearing this, it's because I've asked Tom's permission to share this. And he says it's fine. Um, and he had to go to the ER. And we just got this crazy, insane bill afterwards. Yeah. Like, insane. And, like, we have insurance, right? But we still have this crazy insane right. bill. To the point where he now says, he was like, next time I tell you I have to go to the ER, he's like, just, just, like, push me off the roof. He's like, we're not doing that <laughs> like Just right? smother me with a pillow next and time. Then, like, literally. Like, it's so expensive. So you're right, Sarah. You're right. Peggy, we're holding space for you, girl. Maybe the I die. hope
1: you're all right. But what, yeah, what, I mean, ooh, go to the hospital ooh. if you can. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. well, Pe- Peggy is not all right. So, Great. okay, well, <laughs> we're gonna have to like start this recording over again. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, the next day, Peggy is in so much pain, she literally cannot get out of bed. So, mm. Pi comes back from his hunting trip. And I think this is interesting. By all accounts, according to their children, he's actually pretty worried about Peggy. And hmm. he insists on taking her to the hospital. And from there, she ends up being admitted for three days. So yikes. Yeah, she's still in really severe pain. And nothing that the doctors are doing is helping. Like pain medicine, nothing is helping. And the doctors are just like really stumped, right? It's not a heart attack. It's not a stroke. They they just have no clue. So they go ahead and they test her for common poisons, and those tests all come back negative. Mm. So the doctors diagnose her with, like, the most common debilitating disease you can have, guys, being a woman. They're like, girl, (sighs) you're hysterical. You're making this up. All right. Why don't you just go home, take a little breather, right? Nothing wrong with you. Okay. They didn't give her, like, any medications or anything? Nothing. They were like, we can do nothing for you. We think you're making this up.
1: Wow. Bold move, Cotton.
0: It's bold. I mean, the good news is that by the time she's discharged on October 27th, she is feeling like a little bit better. Like a little bit better. But as soon as she gets home again, she suddenly gets worse. The pain Mm. returns full force on the 28th and the 29th, and she's just like bedridden again. And now here's where it gets interesting. On October 30th, two other people in the home fall ill. Peggy's stepson, Travis. So that's Pi's biological son, and mm-hmm. Peggy's biological son, Dwayne. Same symptoms the um, pain in the arms and the legs, nauseous, headaches, like all of that, right? So, oh, wow. yeah. So at this point, Pi, the dad, is like, what the f- what actual hell is going on? And he takes all three of them to a different hospital. Um, they go to Winter Haven Hospital. Hey, girl. Um, okay. And all three are admitted. Okay. So, and this is just like a sidebar because I have to talk about this guy. They meet this neurologist there named Richard Hostler. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I was a better audio tech right now, I would cut in the house theme music, you know, for that medical <laughs> show. Because, guys, yeah. this guy's amazing. Dr. Hostler is initially pretty stumped too until Peggy starts displaying a new troubling symptom. Her hair starts falling out, like in big clumps. And in that moment, like I am imagining, Dr. Hostler like scribbling all over the whiteboard in his office, right? And he's like, like yeah. pinning things up, and he's like, I'm figuring this out, right, and he's like, Eureka! I know what's going on. Okay. By golly, I know. By golly. I got it. And he's running through the hospital in his scrubs and he and the in the theme song How to Save a Life is playing oh my right God. You, you see it? Do you see it in your mind I'm right now? I'm seeing it. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So <laughs> years before, as a resident, Dr. Hostler had seen a patient with these exact same symptoms. And in that moment, he knew what was wrong with Peggy. She'd been poisoned with thallium. What? What? she says what is thallium sarah what is thallium excellent question i'm gonna tell you okay. so in the, in the early 70s thallium was sold as rat poisoning but it was so poisonous and so dangerous and it was like killing much more than just rats that it's had been it's been banned in the united states since then like like banned get out of here you can't hey. find it anywhere right and that's why it's not part of the screening process when you go to the hospital for like poisons, right? Like, you know, they test you for like cyanide and like, I actually, I don't even, why I'm, I don't know why I'm saying that so confidently. Like, I know that. I have no idea. But the point is- I've never been tested for poison in a hospital. I mean, well, good girl. I would have some questions for you. <laughs> girl, are you okay? Blink twice if you're okay. no. Oh, <laughs> so all that to say, like, that's why I didn't come up on her original labs because like, they would never, like, you would never think that someone could have thallium poisoning in the United States in the late 80s, right?
1: I but, mean, okay, but, like, can I, like, take a side on that first? I mean, because
0: you know. I mean, this we're here for a girl. Take a side.
1: I mean, if it was used in the 70s, like, it's still out there somewhere. Like, it's not like we're talking about, like, it was in the 70s and now. I could understand if in 2023 they're not
0: testing for uh-huh. it. Well, so, like uh, to have not tested for it in the 80s seems kind of like a, well, a, like, this a little is, misguided. This is late 80s. I mean, we're talking like 10 to 15 years that this had been off the market. Mm,
1: still, I don't know. I would still think back like it would still be. That that would
0: be included.
1: Would, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. if like you can't figure out like what's wrong with them, like obviously good for Winter Haven Hospital, but like whatever hospital they were at before, like girl, you have some explaining to do.
0: I mean, I do think it's interesting that, like, when someone presents, like, clearly as, like, suffering some kind of – I mean, like, to me, it's so obvious she was being poisoned, right? Like, she's nauseous. She Yeah. It's like, yeah, guys. And especially because, like, she starts to get better in the hospital, but she gets sick again as soon as she gets home. I mean – Right. I mean, I think the first hospital probably should have
1: tested for it. Especially if by day three they're still, like, I don't know, like, the shrug emoji. Like – wouldn't you start testing like? So maybe it's not a common poison, but it was a
0: household right product. Well, to, like, well, but so I could think that that goes back to it. I mean, the doctors literally just really brushed her off. I mean, literally, yeah, they said 100%. to her like, "You're being a hysterical woman." Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a whole other podcast about the like generations of women that had horrible ailments that were just never. It was just, oh, you're just a woman. Oh, you're just a woman. You have a wandering uterus. You're a woman, right? Like. <laughs> Sure.
1: <laughs> Wandering uterus? That's where we're going with that?
0: You've never heard of that before?
1: I mean, I'm sure I have, but, like, I just have this mental image of, like, a uterus on a leash. Just
0: so I well. mean, that's, I like, literally what doctors, like, <laughs> told women. women like. Okay. Anyways. Back to, anyway. back to our girl Peg's here, okay? Yeah. So the doctors tested Peggy's blood for thallium, and Sarah, she had 50,000 times the amount mm. of thallium in her system than is normal. 50,000 times. Okay. Yeah, so that's a lot. That's a lot. They also go ahead and test the two boys who test positive for thallium as well, but at much lower levels. So remember, like her two sons are sick too, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not as bad as Peggy. Um, and this is, I kind of just included this like for you, it's like a little sister sister moment, mm-hmm. but I know by the time the tests come back, um, Peggy couldn't speak. That's how sick she was. Um, and so the only person she could communicate with was her sister because her and her sister learned sign language as children to communicate with one another, like in <gasps> secret. <laughs> like, Aww, I know. Why haven't we done that? I know. You, I mean, Henry knows sign language. You could sign with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True, I
0: could. Um, so, she, the, the last communication Peggy has is she signs the word "why" to her sister before slipping Ugh. into a coma. I know. That's so I, sad. It's horrible. Five months later, in March of 1989, Peggy was taken off life support and she died. Mm-hmm. I know. That's really sad. I know. But, I mean, like, that's a long time to be in a coma, girl. Yeah. So, yeah, that's rough. Okay, so immediately our girls at the FBI are like, skirt what thallium? <laughs> wait wait a minute. They, like, they have questions, right? Sure. Like, a private citizen should not have this. How the hell did this happen? And immediately they're thinking, like, oh, my God, there was some kind of, like, accident at a manufacturing mm-hmm. plant, right? And they're thinking, like, oh, Oh my God, there could be hundreds of people that could be affected. Like, do you, I mean, you know the case of the Tylenol murders, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. So they're thinking yeah. that, right? That someone, cause that's, this is kind of fresh off the heels of that, right? You know, mm-hmm. there was that person that tampered with the Tylenol and killed, I mean, I don't know, like 10, 11 people. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, so the FBI is like, girl, we're going to figure this out. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, As I mentioned before, thallium is only available for industrial and medical use, and you need permits for it, right? Mm -hmm. So, typically, you find thallium in places like, you know, railroads or mines. And guess who works at a mine? That's right. Our guy, Pi. (laughs) So, Mm. the FBI is immediately like, oh, this is our guy, right? So, they... They bring Pie in for questioning. Pie mm. denies any involvement. He goes, "I have no idea what's going on. I didn't do this." Um, and the police search the car, home, and they take a whole bunch of stuff, trying to figure out like how did Peggy get access to this poison? Yeah. Um, so one thing they take is an eight pack of Coca Cola. And our girl Pegs loves her a Coke, so there was only two bottles left in this eight pack. And sure enough, when the soda was tested, each bottle had enough thallium to seriously injure and kill someone. And Mm. no one in this is there. Okay, the family is quoted as saying that like none of them remember buying this Coke. But I also kind of want to throw in there, or like maybe they don't want to admit to being the ones that did. Like, Yeah, I mean, I could, I could understand that. Right. So so we have Peggy, who is in a coma, right? And she's gonna die mm-hmm. in a couple months. The two sons are sick but recovering. They so the FBI have zeroed in on Pi, right? Mm-hmm. He has access to thallium at work. There's the poison soda found in their home. So Sarah, I want you just want to well, I'm stop right here and take a side. Our guy Pi did this, right? Mm, I think it looks real bad for him, but I'm
1: not convinced he did it. But it's always the husband. I mean, right. Like, I don't – I understand why he would be, like, the FBI's top choice. But, I mean, why would he poison – like, it wasn't just Peggy who got sick. And if, like, he wanted to get rid of Peggy, like, there was ways I feel like he – he works in a mine. Like, he could have just – did it and dumped her body in a mine and like gone off on his hunting trip. Like, I don't, know. I don't, I don't, I don't like this look for him, but I'm not convinced that he did it yet.
0: Circumstantial Sarah is not here for this no. evidence. No. Okay. Well, Sarah, you would make a good defense attorney for our guy pie because you, you bring up some good points here. So, you know, I, there's a couple of things that stick in my mind. Number one, and most importantly, Pie's biological son, Travis, also got seriously ill, right? So right. it's not like it was just his stepchildren that got ill and Peggy. So I have I think it's a big leap of logic to be right. like, you want to kill your wife and you don't care, so you're willing to put poison in a beverage that the entire household drinks and, like, who cares who drinks it? Like Right. Right? That's the biggest sticking point to me. The second point I think is which is interesting is Pi actually tested positive for some thallium too. So mm. and again, you and like I read some places make the argument of like, well, maybe he drank just a little bit of the Coke so that he would have like a good, you know, whatever, Just dis, not disguise. What word am I looking for? Um You you know what I'm trying to say? Like he would have a yeah a reason to not be a suspect because he was also um right if it's right. in his system too then like yeah my brain i just mean that's like, a really f- big charade i think my brain just like exploded trying to think of the word for that i'm gonna remember it like 3 a.m <laughs> <laughs> um so so those are some so you know i don't know right i don't know yeah so i, I don't know who do you think did it girl or do you think it was an accident well, I okay. I know who did it. So hold oh, on, okay. hold on to your pants. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead, girl. You we're only on page one of my notes. You know we're not done yet.
1: I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so, the police are stumped. If it wasn't Pi, if it wasn't the husband who was having an affair, right? Which is what we always hear. It's always the husband. It's always the husband. It's always the husband. If it wasn't the husband this time, who was it? Enter stage left, Susan Gorek. Who's Susan? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Girl. In the fall of 1988, okay, so at the same time the poisonings are going on, our girl Susan reached out to a local Florida Mensa group to ask if she could participate in one of their big events, which was a Mensa murder mystery party. So... <laughs> Let me stop. I want to go. That's exactly what I said too. I'm like, I want yeah. the invited to this. So, Sarah, what's Mensa? Tell the. People- I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> I have no idea. What? Is, what the hell is Mensa? Wait, okay. isn't that for like gifted kids? Yeah, the yes.
1: gifted kids in Mensa programs. I mean,
0: yes. So <laughs> you're so funny. So Mensa is. Quote, from their website, a society of individuals who outperform in intelligence tests containing arithmetic abilities, spatial recognition, short-term memory, and analytical thinking. So, So, all things. a A, a group I would never be in. We would never. The arithmetic abilities? What do you think? That automatically disqualifies me. Honestly, my spatial recognition abilities probably would be the same. But analytical thinking? We got that. Come okay on. but but here's the thing, right? This Mensa group in Florida was planning a murder mystery party. Hello? I mean, we would be phenomenal
1: at that. <laughs> are you kidding me? Are but, you kidding? We should have been we should have had been honorary Mensa
0: members for This that is what event. I'm saying. So, this party was organized by Mensa members George and Diane, who are like the sweet little married couple from Florida. Mm-hmm. And Cute. I know. So the event was a four day affair where participants would act out various murder mystery scenarios. Girl, I wanted to go. go.
1: George and Diane, if you're listening, could you please don't email us because we won't get it until next year. Not. But could you, could you reach out,
0: please? Give us a call. We'll speak. We'll, we'll do a little <laughs> presentation. It's your uh, we sisters could take a side on your murder scenarios. So mm-hmm. So, I love this. George and Diane wrote all the scripts for this party, and, like, each scenario was described as, like, the, quote-unquote, perfect murder. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I just want to
0: pause here. Sarah, I'll be the judge of that. Well, Sarah. George and Diane. Sarah, who else do you know that is currently writing a murder mystery script? <laughs> I was just going to
1: say. So, Tom, if you're listening, I am I have gotten lots of questions about the murder mystery for our, our beach vacation. So, yes. Um, so, uh, I hope that's coming <laughs> along because – I am going to, I'm going to just act
0: the shit out of this thing. So Yes. So this is the first thing I thought of too, right? But, so here's the thing. So one of the scripts, one of the four scripts that George and Diane wrote was all about feuding neighbors. And the quote unquote killer wrote a note to one of the neighbors saying in part, move or else. (gasps) Does that sound familiar? um cue the watcher yeah (laughs) so so now here's we get a little more familiar each of the four scenarios from the party involved a poisoning which our girl susan remember susan gorick she loved this she ate this shit up this was her forte she loved it right susan
1: i need you to take several deep breaths and drink a glass of water
0: okay Well, so Susan really admired George and Diane, and she was like fascinated by these poisoning scenarios, right? So she like she was like asking George and Diane if they would get coffee, like, do they want to hang out? She's like really picking their brain, right? She spent time at their home. Like the three of them got really, really close, right? And so she's asking George, like, how would someone pull off a poisoning like this? What would you do differently? Right. And George loves his attention. Okay. So after of bedef- um, – okay. Do you have? Do you have questions? I have questions. Okay. I have questions. And, you
1: know, it's like when the when the when the mousey like new girl starts asking you mm-hmm. a lot of questions about poisoning. Could you like maybe I don't know, do something? Pay about attention. That?
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna pause right there, and I implore you: do not read ahead of my notes, but tell okay. me what you're thinking right now. Take a side right now. I mean, Susan's looking pretty good Susan- <laughs> when you start asking a lot of questions about. And you start
1: flattering the guy who wrote a murder mystery regarding poisoning and all of a sudden, like – but, like, I don't know. What is her connection to the cars? Like, how does she know them? Okay.
0: Oh, let's get into it. Okay. So after a few months of, like, getting to know George and Diane, um, they actually have to move out of their house for a job opportunity for George. And – But luckily, at the same time, Susan was also looking for a place to live, right? So she asked the couple if she could rent their home. And they're like, oh, my God, this is great. We don't have to worry about selling it, right? So Susan moves in. And within days, the police descend on the property. But they aren't there for Susan. Why not, you ask? Because Susan is actually Detective Susan Gorick. Thank you very much, undercover Mm. cop. What? What? (laughs) Susan
1: with the clutch undercover.
0: So, you know what?
1: This makes perfect sense because if George loved all that attention. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now George and Diane, I have a lot of questions. George and
0: Diane not looking (laughs) good.
1: God damn it. So this is a murder mystery party. This right is right here. We're
0: having our own. Do you love this? I've been waiting days for this oh moment. Oh right my here. god! I'm getting to tell you that Susan was actually an undercover cop.
1: That is sick. And the words of our best friend Jillian.
0: Yes, let the women do the work. That's exactly right. So this is this is absolutely nuts to me. Okay, so I. <laughs> I need to know everything. Tell me everything. I'm just like, I can't even read my notes right now because I'm just excited to like tell you the story. So, (laughs) so why? Right. So you're like, wait, why is there an undercover cop here? What is happening? Here's, here's what's going on. The Carr family lived next door to George and Diane. And the families had been in conflict for years. Okay. Oh, no. Let's back up a little. Who's George? We have to. We have to talk about George. I'm obsessed. Tell with me George. everything about George. Okay. George James Treppel was born in 1949 in New York City. Okay. Okay. In 1972, he earned a psychology degree. Um, where and while he was at university, he studied chemistry, and according to some reports, he was also using and producing hallucinogenic <gasps> drugs. Me too. I mean. um okay <laughs> okay nothing like
1: some homegrown
0: hallucinogenics you guys you love that or what so jesus in 1975 he was arrested and charged as the lead chemist and mastermind behind a large methamphetamine lab <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> he served 36 months in jail for this right okay so so now, this is kind of where his story merges with like Peggy Carr and Pie Carr, right? Mm-hmm. So their houses were close, they were neighbors, they even shared water from the same well, which, like, wow, what a blast from the past. Um, mm-hmm. Quote unquote. So, like, I, I say this with some skepticism. According to George Treppel, the cars were just like incredibly annoying to live next to they like played loud music, the kids were annoying, they could hear the couple fighting a lot, like they just were annoying, right? Mhm. And according to George, the two families confronted each other on a dozen different occasions, right? Like there was just a lot of animosity here. Hmm. So once the cops kind of ruled out pie as a suspect mm-hmm. for Peggy's murder, they were like, "Well, what about this creepy dude next door that hates them?" <laughs> Right. Fair. (laughs) Right. So uh, this is what I think is so interesting. So the police go to talk to our friend George and they ask him, they say, quote, why would someone want to poison the Carr family? And George's response was, quote, perhaps someone wanted to get them to move, end quote. Ooh. (laughs) But like, ugh,
1: I hate this.
0: Okay, well, so after this conversation, they're like, Susan, girl, we have a job for you, okay? Yeah. Susan, get in this interview room. We, we're putting you undercover, okay? So Susan mm-hmm. out here doing the Lord's work. Okay, yeah. Goes undercover. All under, like, her goal was to get him to confess to her, right? She thought mm-hmm. if she, like, flattered him and, like, oh, poisoning. <laughs> That he would confess to her, right? He never does. But here's where this gets shiesty as hell. I don't like. I don't like any bit of this. So, because Susan moved into their home, right? This was mm-hmm. kind of like her final play. She moved into the home. The police were able to search the home without a warrant because Susan was living there. And in the garage, they found a bottle containing thallium. Hmm. So I'm going to stop there again. Take a side. <clears throat> is that a violation of our guy George's Fourth Amendment rights? See, I like.
1: I would think – I mean, she's only renting – like, quote, she's, quote, a renter. Mm-hmm. Like, I would think you'd have to have the owner of the home's permission to search it, right? Yes. I don't know. Like, I mean, I think so. I don't know so. the law well enough, but I would think – Like, doesn't I'm sure, like someone will tell us, but like I would think you'd have to have. Although I'm trying to think, like I mean, I rent, so like if Mm -hmm. if someone had to search my home for
0: something, would they go to my leasing company and say Mm -hmm. we have a warrant? No, see, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I think that they would have to serve you with the warrant. See, because here, and I was listening to something else, like not about this case, about this, but it's like, do you have a reasonable expectation to privacy? In this space, actually, I think it was Crime Weekly, that podcast, um, mm-hmm. Derek Levasseur, um was talking about this. He's a former detective about how, like, if you have a reasonable expectation of privacy, then you have to have a ser- search warrant. So, like, even something like a, a car or, you know, if you are an unhoused person, like a tent that you're living in, right? Like, wh- whatever the dwelling is, if you can expect that it be private... A search warrant is needed, and what I think is interesting, and, and this is kind of like coming back to me now as I'm talking about it, um, the po- that podcast was talking about it in the context of um, of actually, I believe oh, was it Gabby Petito? It was in context of some case where they were trying to search a car, and they had to go out and get permission, basically or like a search warrant for the person that owned the car and the person that was living in the car. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I so I feel like either way, then yes, this would be a violation. But like, like I'm just thinking like, when I sign a lease with the leasing company, I would like I think it would have to be in the leasing language. Like, yeah, while you while you do have a like right to privacy, you you also are agreeing that like you are by signing the lease and agreeing to like live, you know, in that place. Mm-hmm. That you are agreeing that, you know, in the event, like in the event, the leasing company is served with a search warrant, like you, you have to allow them to come in.
0: uh, I don't know. See, but that's the thing. I have to go back and look Yeah, because, and I think that's interesting, guys. Write in. I'd love to hear um, what you all are thinking because I don't know, Sarah. Like, I don't think your leasing office can give consent to search your home without your permission. But it isn't my home but you but you're the one that has the reasonable expectation to privacy in that space
1: yeah i don't know now i need now i want to like pull up my lease, right yeah because i don't know i truly don't know like I, if someone knocked on my door right now and said like we have a search warrant
0: you'd be like okay like, okay okay okay, okay
1: would well, be basically,
0: can I make you a sandwich? Would I you know. like a, a nice ice cold beverage? How can I provide you with a refreshment? <laughs> meanwhile, Please. meanwhile, Sarah, you would be the one who'd be like, oh my God, what if there's like suddenly a meth lab in my bathroom?
1: <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, I'm the one in school when they brought the, the drug dogs in who I like know. started hyperventilating and having a panic attack. Like,
0: I know. Cause it's like, oh shit. What if today's the day I stuffed weed in my <laughs> pants by mistake? <laughs> like I've you never seen in weed like- in my entire life. exactly like oh my you know i know yeah so i think about that every time i go through airport security guys i get so nervous i'm like walking through the machine and i'm like oh shit is my shillelagh at home and i'm like i don't have a shillelagh Did I pack my machete on accident No. I thought of? It? I think it was my curling iron? Oh God. Like
1: Sarah, relax.
0: I know. I know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, so bad. I don't know. I would love some more information about that. I'd love to hear if you're a lawyer, especially right. in. let us know what you think. I mean, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I'd even I'm love to, I'd even love to like have you on the show. If you want to like come and like share your thoughts, because I think this is really interesting. And I wonder why this wasn't used later in an appeal. Like, I I don't know I especially especially because Susan wasn't just a renter she was she was a police officer and she was acting on behalf of the police. Yeah, I you see what how, like I don't know that to me I think makes it even more tri- like so what a police officer can just come at any point and be like I want to rent your place and then then the police could start yeah. like. That seems crazy to me. Nineteen
1: eighty nine was playing real fast and loose with
0: rules. (laughs) Fast and loose. (laughs) Well, so anyway, so if
1: anyone knows the rules from
0: nineteen eighty nine, let us know, right? Well, so regardless, they find this bottle of thallium. Right. The other thing they find, which I think is interesting, is our guy George liked to brew his own beer. So he had a lot of equipment to uh, like seal bottles. Right. Mm. So they're like, okay. So he could have in theory taken a Coke bottle, opened it, put thallium in it, and then resealed it using these machines.
1: Oof.
0: But okay. But
1: like, (laughs) hold on a second. Okay. She goes, I don't think the cars went over to George's house and were like, hi, grocer George, we'd like to
0: purchase um, a case of Coke. Right. Like, so what would that have worked? This, I think, is one of the biggest holes in this story, because here's what the prosecution ends up saying. Well, maybe what George did was leave the coke like in their garage or he left it on their front porch and they brought it in the house, assuming like someone from the house had bought it. Hmm. What do you think about that? <laughs>
1: I don't love that. I, that's a very big hole. You could
0: drive a bus through that hole. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you what – let me tell you, like, what happens here. And then I want you to kind of take a side on all of this circumstantial, Sarah. Okay. So on March 6, 1991, a jury decided by 9 to 3, right, so not unanimous, that George was guilty and they sentenced him to death for the murder of, and poisoning of Peggy Carr and the attempted murder of other members of her family. So to this day George is on death row in Florida. He's one of 15 inmates on Florida's death row and he maintains his innocence. Mm. So I have to know. I'm just going to I just like sit back. I'm I'm like so ready for it. Circumstantial, Sarah. Are you convicting George based on this evidence? I mean, the guy no. had well, okay, but he had thallium.
1: I mean, I mean, he, great, but like, how did he get it in the coke? We don't know how he got it in the coke.
0: Well, the prosecution's theory is that he, like I said, he bottled it using his beer machine. <laughs> but like, that's such a stretch. That's such a stretch. I would need
1: something more. I think he's guilty, I okay. but I think that story does not warrant
0: the death, death penalty. penalty. I know. Yeah,
1: like come on. Like any lawyer worth like their weight would be like how like And so then like what, what, did, what no one in the family will be like, "Oh, well that's the ticket. Yeah, I found this like random case of Coke and
0: so we started drinking it." Like no, and, and that's the thing, is that, like, so remember from earlier, no one in the family remembers buying the Coke or, like, will admit to buying the Coke.
1: I think, I, no, it doesn't do it for me. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's probably guilty, like, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, for him to have, now, now, but, but, like, if he's, like, a chemist and, like, all of this stuff, like, would yeah. it be out of, would it be weird that he had thallium i don't know like i'm not a 1980s i mean it's chemist. it's
0: weird in the sense that like it's it's illegal for him to have that right like chilling in his garage like it's illegal right it'd be like if you had like uranium in your garage <laughs> like, oh my god could you imagine i would i don't even know if
1: uranium yeah. is is <laughs>
0: mike okay mike right now is rolling his eyes so hard i can like <laughs> hear him from down the street you probably is illegal really i have no idea <laughs> i don't know i don't so
1: yeah i mean i think he's probably guilty but i don't think like enough was presented for me to say death penalty
0: could you convict what do you think
1: could you convict him though um i don't know i don't with just this no yeah so not not for first degree murder.
0: Okay. So could you I think I take a kind of a different side on this. This okay. is and so this is okay, I I'm going to say allegedly, this is my opinion. I think Pi deserves a closer look. Why? Because it's always the husband.
1: Oh my god. No no,
0: no but but seriously, hear hear me out like to poison someone, that's a very like intimate thing to do. Don't you think like it's slow and it's methodical. I mean, that's a lot of hatred to let it build up like that. So to me, it's like what their neighbor who didn't like them had so much hatred that he went and he got an illegal controlled substance put it in this Coke, hope she'd find it. Right. Like that seems crazy to me. But
1: I think poisoning is a lot more impersonal in person in, impersonal impersonal in mm-hmm. than like stabbing or like suffocating. Like I, I yes. See, I, yes. I think it's him for the, for the opposite of the reasons you're saying like, it's a much more impersonable, imp- Jesus Christ, impersonal <laughs> right, way to do it.
0: Yeah, but... And, like, and like if
1: you've had bad neighbors, anyone who's had bad neighbors is listening to this going, I mean, like...
0: <laughs> wow, Sarah, I hope nothing happens to your neighbor <laughs> for the next, like, two Shit, months I know. or so. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, but, like, that
1: kind of rage to, like... But this guy is, like, unstable. I mean... <laughs>
0: This guy's been arrested before. Like, this guy has, like... A meth for a habit. So I I will say that. I, I think there is compelling... See, and this is the thing, is that, like, I'm not saying I think Pi is guilty. I'm saying I think he deserves a closer look. I think it's... He
1: was sick, too. I mean, he had it in his system, too. But he
0: wasn't sick. He tested positive for thallium, but he wasn't sick. See, I just don't think like he would have poisoned the kids. Like if, yes, I I, I could, that is, yes, yes.
1: He and Peggy probably didn't like each other a whole lot, but like, number one, they didn't know each other a long time. So like, I, I, I think he would have just like either slept with the ex-girlfriend so many times that Peggy would have been like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'll come out of here. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like, (laughs) there's, there's like other things he could have done to get rid
0: of Peggy poisoning her feels mm-hmm. like a very big stretch to me don't you think it's interesting he was out of town when this happened though no because i think he wants to get as far away from her as he possibly can <laughs>
1: and and she's watching the kids like bonus like and he doesn't have yeah. see any kids with him great like i don't think pie is necessarily like gentleman of the year no he's
0: definitely but not. like
1: i also don't think that he would have poisoned
0: yeah I, I think he His deserves wife. a closer look I guess I feel like you do that like George is a compelling suspect I don't think I could have convicted him beyond a reasonable doubt I feel a little yeah. icky that he's sitting on death row I don't love that but like yeah I guess I feel less sure about him and, and I think it's almost like I want to start the investigation over and I want to look at both him and pie and like compare them yeah you know what I mean yeah yeah, I think that's fair. Because I just think to do this is that is so much hatred that that feels personal to me. Hmm. But here's here's yeah. what I will take a side on. Okay, tell me everything. Detective Susan Gork. I mean, this is a Susan Susan appreciation podcast. Susan, here. girl. I mean, this in all serious. It Susan, thing. call it, us. It call us. Drinks on me. <laughs> I have to know everything. I have to know everything. Yeah. It's, what a fun dinner guest she would be. Could you, you, you think she likes? Do you think she likes the beach? Do you think she wants to come to the beach? Oh, Susan, you want to come to the beach, girl? You Susan, can, girl, let us know. You can share the bunk bedroom. <laughs> Susan, we'll have our own murder mystery you can come to. Um, also, are we not going to talk about the fact that the man planning the murder mystery party ends up killing someone? Tom? <laughs> I mean, Tom? Tom? Tom, Tom, this is—we don't have time. For this. Oh God!
1: <laughs> oh, and that—wow, that was really good. M, I didn't know anything about this.
0: Yeah, well, let's sister take a side on the poisoning of Peggy Carr. Way to go, M!
1: Girl, that was really good. I didn't know. I don't was- know what I didn't know. You
0: know. You didn't <laughs> You didn't know what you didn't know. I have to say, you sound a little happier. I think I put you in a better mood. You definitely did. I feel a little bit better. Tara was about. real grumps I, I really was. Jumped on this call. I really was. I really well, I mean I don't really have a reason to. I just am. Um, well, what are yeah. we what are you talking about next week? Oh uh, Sarah. Oh what's what next are, weekend? What are we doing next week?
1: Oh my god! I'm so excited, you guys. We have a special guest. We don't yes. want to ruin the surprise, but we have no. a very special guest coming. Um, hot into your ear holes next
0: Thursday. Ew, uh, never I'm sorry, say that, was that again.
1: <laughs> um, ew. So this is actually a double recording week for us.
0: Um, uh, I know. I
1: yeah. I know. I know. It's like, does anyone else ever feel like there's just not enough days in the week, but also like not enough days where you're not working? Like for anyone who's like working in like a traditional nine to five Monday through Friday schedule,
0: like. (laughs) Okay, I don't want to hear it from you because I spent my Sunday (laughs) taking my children to the zoo. Okay. Okay, well that you chose to do on your own. And can I tell you that Henry was most excited about seeing the slugs on the ground? yeah it was, it was
1: slugs this time and squirrels the last time so slugs, i don't know yes. you know
0: i would slugs i would be rethinking the zoo idea um, if it were me but all owen wanted to do was eat his cheerios like he didn't care he could have eaten the cheerios on the couch like he didn't i care. mean that kid has a,
1: a thing of cheerios just surgically attached to him at all times
0: <laughs> we call him edward cherry hands because yeah because his grumpy little fist is always
1: stuck in a thing of cheerios I I love him so much. I know. He's so cute.
0: Oh God. Okay, the people are not here for this. Um, Sarah, are you ready for our listener question of the week? Please give me everything. Okay, I love this one too. Um this one came in via Instagram. If you had to give a one-hour-long speech on a topic, what would you choose? Ooh. <laughs> can I choose Peggy Carr or no? <laughs> Wait, can I choose Susan Gorick? <laughs> yeah. Can I-
1: um. So, like, true crime is an easy answer, but here's yeah. one I actually had a debate with. Okay, um, super hot boyfriend and I discussed this actually not too long after we started dating, which is probably when I knew like he was the one. But
0: is this going to be about about ketchup, ranch? Thank you very much. Oh God.
1: Okay. And why Ken's Steakhouse Ranch is much more superior to Hidden Valley? Sorry,
0: just is. Um. Oh, no, it's yellow mustard, not ketchup. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh,
1: yeah. We we both in first grade um, discovered that we loved yellow mustard. That's disgusting. And we still do. Uh, okay. Sorry, Dad.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Well, I'm sorry. What are you giving your hour-long speech on? I apologize. Why Ken Steakhouse Ranch is better than Hidden Valley? Oh, okay. Or do you want to walk us through some of your finer points?
1: I mean, it's just far superior, and it okay. complements far more dishes than Hidden Valley does.
0: Okay. Great. Um, I would
1: also do an hour long speech on why the 90s was just like the best time to grow up.
0: Oh, as a kid. Fun. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, What would you give an hour long speech on?
0: So I could give an hour long speech. I was thinking like, Th- I mean, this is boring, but like, I could, I could probably give like a TED Talk style speech on my chosen profession, if you will. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Right. So I don't. I think I have probably shared this before. I'm a fundraiser, and I could probably talk for an hour about that, and like what that means and philanthropy and like all of that. So, but that's boring. What I would really like to, give <laughs> I hour. know. Now I
1: feel like such an idiot. <laughs> oh, Ranch. <laughs> <Such an> idiot. <laughs> <She's> so- <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry.
0: Oh um, but what I, what I, y- y'all know, I, okay, I feel like I don't even need to say this because you guys have heard me give hour long speeches about all these things Princess Diana and the royal family. Oh, yep. yep. Guys, guys. Um, <laughs> so that's number one. Number two is the animal right abuses at SeaWorld. Ooh, that's so, a good one. I, dear listener when I was like how old were we Sarah I was like five or six we We were elementary school aged yeah Yeah. we we went to SeaWorld because I loved whales and Mike and Beth were like oh my god let's spend a bazillion dollars to take our children to SeaWorld and Disney like -hmm. the good parents that we are and they're gonna love it and I saw the whale and I burst into tears because I was so sad that he was in a little tank and thus started a lifelong passion with the just atrocious abuse that (laughs) captive animals face I, so okay, I'll stop. but you were just at the zoo. I was just at the zoo. I was having that Great. thought as I was saying that. <laughs> Mom and I were actually thinking about it. I mean, it, okay. Well, here we go. It, it's <sighs> a different magnitude when you stick an orca in a swimming pool compared to like the sloth bear in his like big enclosure, right? That's number one. Number two, I I don't love the idea of like large animals at the zoos, like the the elephants and the pandas and the Tigers, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's complicated. Okay. But 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 my kids love the zoo. Well, Henry yeah. asked if he could pet the lion. I said, "Bud, not well, today, not today." Not today. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> we don't
1: need um today. Okay, well, if you'd like to hear a very academic speech from Emily um, about whales or other animals in captivity or fundraising. Um, or Princess Diana excuse me or Princess Diana Diana. you probably belong to a Mensa group and if you (laughs) hear Sarah discuss the true attributes of Kansas Steakhouse Ranch then I'm so embarrassed I want you to know that I'm like sweating embarrassed right now (laughs) and this hasn't even gone out like no one has listened to this this could not have
0: been more perfect (laughs) I hate everything (laughs) okay well on that note
1: <laughs> On that note, this is Sarah and <laughs> Valley Rim, <laughs> Ken
0: Steakhouse Ranch. And this is Emily with wonderful spatial awareness. <laughs> and this is Sisters Take Aside. <laughs> oh, okay. That was probably our.